Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. When something ends in my life, I choose to gain the wisdom. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And today we're looking at the power of extracting truth and the power of understanding why something happened and what you can do to change it next time. Jane, it's a biggie, isn't it? It's interesting. Okay, so on a, on a, a little, on a smaller level, I've had quite a few coaching clients come to me recently that have been dating quite easily and effortlessly and, you know, getting second, third dates, whatever, and then things ending. And I've had a pattern where quite a few clients have said, I don't know what I'm doing wrong because I seem to get the phone number, I get the conversation happening, I get the date, I get the second date, I get the third date, and it kind of just dies. And so often it's a case of I wish I could be like one of those dating shows where I could hook them up with, you know, earpieces and cameras so I can spy. I want to spy and see what's happening so I can go, right, that's what you did wrong or that's what you could do differently or maybe it's not about you. Maybe it's just that that person's not right for you and they've exited, whatever. It's all the what-if game. And so the last few times I've just said, ask them. And they've looked at me like a deer in the headlight. And I've said, no, I'm serious, ask them. However, you only ask if you really want to know. If you can handle the if truth. You, can, you can't <laughs> handle, handle the, the truth. <laughs> Constructive criticism. And if you really want the truth, there is only one way you're going to get it, and that is to make the other person incredibly safe to share it. So you can't just say, I demand that you tell me why you don't want to see me anymore. Right. They're going to go, oh, it's not you, it's me. Please don't take it personally. It's not you, it's me. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to get the truth. Yeah. Now, that actually could be the truth, but it's not going to be the truth every single time. So how do you go about this? Well, well, this is a concept that I want people to look at for not just in dating but in life, in everything. Yeah. So I had a really interesting experience back in the 80s. I was uh, working at as an assistant manager in a university club and they had a new manager come in who was, um, I think she was schizophrenic. And never or, heard about this job before, Jane. This is another job you've had that I've never heard of. <laughs> this was only a short one. I loved it. It was really cute. It was nice. I was only there for a short period of time, but, but it was fun. Um, we know me, get bored easily, move on, try something new. Um, so this wonderful so, – so this club was run by a, a board, by um, a group of, of academics that ran the club, and the chairman was the um, head of psychology at the university. Um I ended up going to him and saying things are something's not quite right here. I'm not sure what it is, but there's some really weird bullying. I also didn't have the language or the wisdom to really articulate it very well back yeah. then. I was in my early twenties. Um and so I just gave heads up and that was that. And then in the end nothing really changed, so I just left and and moved on to something more exciting. So I'd, I'd moved into this new job and about two weeks later I got a phone call from this beautiful um, professor and he said, look, would you mind if I met with you? I'd like to do an exit interview. And I said, what's an exit interview? I'd never heard of it. And he said, look, it's a valuable opportunity that when employees leave, you've actually got the tr- the, the, a beautiful opportunity to really find out what their truth is 
about an organization or a service or a situation because they've actually got nothing to lose. They've no longer got the fear of losing their job. So they actually have complete freedom to speak freely and truthfully. Often, They've already got the reference. Now, in those days, references were written. Yeah. Now, you know, you would have more to lose now because we have verbal references given. Yeah. But the idea of the person requesting the exit interview is to make that person feel safe to be able to share their truth with no repercussions. You will still get the great reference. We will still respect you. In fact, we'll respect you more for speaking your truth kindly and honestly with unemotionally, but it's your story. It's what your story is of that situation. And I thought, this is such a cool topic. I've never thought of it since. Now, that was back in the 80s and nobody's ever asked me for an exit interview. at the big newspaper firm that I worked at, you had the choice when you left to to give your feedback. Well, I actually think it should be compulsory. But I think that does what can happen is that it can become a great big downloading dumping bitch session, which some people use to air all of their – like they don't handle it with perhaps the poise and delicacy that perhaps if you've been given the opportunity – it's not you're not just there to sit there and badmouth everyone that no, way. You know, no. I think that if you were ever given the opportunity to give an exit interview, try and be constructive. Well, this is a brilliant opportunity to actually be able to say, you know what, I actually did love that company or that situation at some point because I was invested. I invested in that. I, I put my hand up and said, I'm gonna to go to that job every day, nine to five or whatever, or sure. it doesn't matter whether it's a job, it can be a, a, any part of life that you've invested time. Yeah. So at some point it meant something to you. So honor that and say this is a great opportunity for me to actually help people to be better at what they're doing. So you do speak constructively. And it kind of led me to why is this not happening everywhere? Why when a friendship ends? Can we not have the final conversation unemotionally, respectfully, kindly, saying what happened? And, you know, I'm even thinking, of again, back to business situations where, okay, the company's struggling. Let's get everyone to sit around the boardroom and everyone say what they think would make it better and nobody talks because everyone's too scared to actually say, well, because this whole area of the business is shit and doesn't work. But That's it right. takes a lot of courage to have to actually say. I know, but what is the, what's the flip side? What's to lose, you know? I think that's what we're all coming to, those of us that are consciously highly aware, is that we actually need more information in order to keep going forward. We do. That's right. And And we have to get that information from others. And the truth hurts for a reason because it's true. And it's your shadow (laughs) side that you've buried and not owned and loved and embraced as a part of you. And it needs help. It needs looking at because it's ouchy. I actually think there should be an exit interview on everything. Like you purchase a service. Right. You purchase a product. You know? Exit interview, where's the phone call that's three years later that just says, you know, how'd you find it or well, whatever? You get online sometimes or on apps, you'll get the pop-up window that says, how do you rate our service? And the thing is, we tend to do that sort of thing as annoying, but I, I also, you know, you also tend to get it now when you unsubscribe from emails. It'll pop up with that screen that says, please tick the boxes to why you just did this. And it's interesting. They're obviously gathering data because they care about why they're losing yes, people. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, I always have I do surveys all the time with my clients all the time you do have to be selective about who you're going to give your power away to it is not my job to be a social punching bag yeah. for things that 
uh, for somebody to be able to have a rant and carry on and, and have a great victim story. And often the people who love to fill out the long surveys are the ones who like to have the whinge or to be the victim or to... They're the trolls on Facebook and Twitter. They've you got know, the time yeah, to they're on there the blogs and canning the local radio guy or yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're stirring the pot. Yeah, yeah. So you have to be selective, and I think that's very, very important. So I will do generic surveys, but there will be some that I will skim and just go, well, at this point, you're... you're I'm not rating what you're saying yet, but if I can see a pattern, I'm certainly going to rate it and I'm grateful for it. So I'm never ungrateful for appreciating it, but some will gain my attention more than others. So there are people that I've built rapport with that I really do trust their opinion. And so you don't ask unless you're going to do something with this information. So I ask because after many years, my service really is about providing what the members want. It actually isn't about me. It used to be all about me, but it's not any longer. Um, so I ask. You've got to be careful in how you ask. So if I was going to come back to this dating scenario and I've gone out with all these guys and I can't seem to get past the second or third date or whatever, but there was one guy that, you know, I really did think we got on really well and he made me feel safe and we were chatting about deep and interesting things. He would be the one that I could pick the phone up. Now, the chances are if he said he doesn't want to see me anymore, he's not going to answer the phone. Right. Right? doesn't want the, the, oh, please see me again or whatever story going on that he assumes is going to happen. So I leave a voice message that speaks beautifully and says something along the lines of, I really want to thank you for the time that you've spent and in allowing me to be able to get to know you better. Uh, I've very much enjoyed it. I certainly respect that you've chosen to not want to continue to see me any longer and absolutely fine with that. I am, however, in the process of really wanting to meet somebody special in my life or fill in the blank, I want the job or I want to get the application to be able to rent a great house or whatever, fill in the blank. In this process, I wonder if I could ask one last thing of you, and I promise you there will be no further communication after this. I really would welcome your truth in what you feel I could have done differently to have got a different result. Now, whatever you share with me, I promise you I'm not going to turn around and say, oh, I can be that girl, I can do that, please give me another chance. I won't be doing this. I just want to elicit this information from you for me to process and take on board and then send you on your way with great gratitude and the best wishes to meet somebody amazing. Jane, you're such a wordsmith. Like that just is the most I've covered off their fears. Far out. What's their fears? Number one fear, someone's trying to manipulate me into doing something I don't want to do. I've already said no. I don't want to have to say no again. That would well, be actually, I'm asking you, I, 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 don't, I don't want you to, I'm not going to ask you, I've given you my promise. Yeah. What is my true purpose is that I'm actually calling on your kindness to help me because you saw something in me for a couple of dates that you liked and therefore I am worthy of meeting someone terrific. And if you can help me, that would be awesome. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing. The chances are he's likely to turn around and say, well, can you give me a few tips as well? He may well do. You know, you actually end up being each other's coaches mm. or wisdom sharers. Yeah. Now, he might say, you know what, you wear this perfume and I think it's absolutely revolting and I can't. I just can't stand it any longer. I can't be in your company. Now, the temptation would be, oh, I won't wear that perfume. It doesn't matter. You've got to honour what you said. You will not try and go back to him again. You don't change what he said. It is an exit interview. 
It's not a re-entry interview, it's an exit. It will be your natural tendency to want to react immediately to whatever his, his yes. feedback is. So, so you've you, got to be prepared. You're going to want to justify, explain, give yes. some backstory, yes. make yourself feel worthy again. Now another tip, if you don't feel that you're able to receive the energy of this exchange, you can actually say, if you want to flip me an email, that would be great. Or if you want to, you can leave a voice message. I won't answer it. You can just waffle onto my recorded voice message or whatever. You know, whatever it takes for that other person to feel comfortable. Yeah. So coming back to this exit interview that I had with this now, you know, professor of psychology, this guy's got all the tools and tips. He knew exactly how to make a, a girl in her young 20s that was scared off from this job that she actually went and got a different job. That's how much I didn't like it with this new chick as a manager. Yeah. I was out of there. So two weeks later, I was in a new job. Mm. So he knew exactly how to make me feel safe with beautiful words That I, and he asked the right questions. He kept it unemotional. I did have a few tears because there was some nastiness going on that was I found quite traumatic at the time and I was able to share that. Now, bless him. He followed up with me six months later just to see how it was going. Oh, my gosh. He's an exceptional human oh, being. Oh, he is. That's why he's professor of psychology at a university. Right. He's amazing. He's a psychologist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's amazing. He teaches it. He teaches yeah. it to the psychologist. Yeah. You know, he's incredible. I love it. And uh, actually, I'm going to say his name. Tony. Oh, no, I've forgotten his last name. Whitfield or something? Oh, he was an absolutely beautiful man. So there you go. Just in case anybody oh. happens to know him, you honor him as, you know, here we are, 30 whatever year, uh, nearly 30 years later. Yeah. And... That one moment, I'm now extracting and going, wow, this is wisdom for life that can be used everywhere. He left a legacy, didn't he? Oh, incredible. Yeah, he did. He you did. know, we just don't know the butterfly effect, the ripple effect. We don't know how far these little moments in time just transfer and, mm. and change the way that things are. Yeah. Mm. Truth is so powerful. And, you know, it doesn't have to always be an exit either. I mean, this is the, the, the number one thing about the modern spiritual relationship is communication. But it can be an exit from this topic. Mm. You know, you, 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 I think the value is the fact that there is no recall. Yeah. That is where the power is in the fact that you get the truth because there's not going to be a recall on this. Yeah. You can speak your truth because I'm not going to throw it back in your face in six months' time. And I, so if you're in a relationship, you can say, you know, I've been fighting with my husband about um, who <clears throat> who does whatever, X, Y, Z, whatever. So we're going to have an exit interview, the two of us, to discuss this topic one final time Yeah, with no recall. We're going to really speak our truth and move on with a new game plan from there. I see what you're saying. So it's an exit on this topic is not going to be argued about ever again. We're doing it Can once. You say that though. Well, here's the interesting thing about arguments. God, this is the third week in a row I've mentioned that book, The Giant Leap. The Big Leap. The Big Leap. Guy Hendrix. I'm going to mention something else from his book. Every altercation is a competition for who has the best victim story. OMG. That's a huge. That was light bulb for me. Yeah. I went, wow. Yeah. Wow. Every time you're arguing with someone, it's because you're trying to compete about who's got the more important victim story. Yes. You're never going to win. And saying, well, I'm not a victim. I don't want to be a victim. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I so am. I'm a victim in that little argument. I'm a victim in that with my mum and I'm in that with my friend. And, yeah. you know, like, really? Yeah. Oh, it's wow. so fascinating. So to go back to the truth extraction at the end of the, particularly in the dating world, like, it's, it's so interesting because I think there's a lot of, um, 
particularly women out there who do get really caught up in like, you know, the dating rules and there's all this stuff like, well, he didn't call me back because I showed myself to be too eager or I, you know, did this too soon. The truth is it's usually never anything like that. It usually is something quite personal. The reason why somebody doesn't want to see you again, it's not because you called or didn't call on this hour of this day. It's not because you looked too excited when you arrived. It's, it's not show, it's not those sorts of things. I mean, if you think about every time in your life that you've actually wanted to leave or end something with somebody else, be it business, be it personal, it's usually because needs were somehow being met. There was a genuine just non-connection of energy. They might have been the loveliest a feeling, an intuitive moment that you know what yeah. this just isn't for me. They could have been I'm not feeling awesome, it, but you just didn't feel it. Um, or a big red flag, which was intuitive. Or there was a big red flag. You know, and it was something intuitive yeah. that you just go, you know what? I'm not. Feel- I don't know what it is. I've learned to trust the hairs on the back of my neck go up. That's I'm right. out of here. I don't try to hang around and prove that my my intuition is correct. Because the flip side is, they say that you know when. For example, back to love, if you really do meet the right partner, or maybe to that end, the right employer, or, yeah, I think or whatever. It can be any any relationship, yeah, yes, um, or friend, or, or whoever it's going to be, you could screw up royally in those first few important weeks of showing your best self, and it actually wouldn't matter if they really are the right person, or you really do have the right energy for each other. Yeah, and so we don't need to beat ourselves up too unnecessarily, but. It, it is a fantastic tool to use. And, like, I've got a girlfriend who she should have been a lawyer in this lifetime because her ability to extract truth from people, it, it, it's a talent. And she has put this to good use in her dating escapades where, you know, when she's felt she's made the emotional connection or the deep connection with the guy who vanishes on her overnight, see, unlike me, I probably just go off and cry and then deal with it. She just goes right back and demands. She, she, she'll call them. It's accountability on their behavior as well. And she'll be like, excuse me, you're not disappearing. I deserve to know why you are behaving this way to me. She demands that and she gets And so how long has she seen this, this guy for before she would demand accountability? That one, so sometimes they can be quite short-lived and sometimes they might only be. Um, be she wouldn't do it after one or two dates, would she? Uh, if I don't know, we need her here to interview her. No, I think that sometimes if that if she feels, even if it's been quick, because when you are very highly spiritual okay, and you're dating, intense. things happen very yeah, fast, very quickly. Because yes. you do tend to make you know. So it's about intensity life. versus yeah. frivolity. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah. So intensity. it's only with the intent. Okay, intensity. So if she's totally get it. Really gone in on the heart chakra with someone, even if she's only known them two or three times. Usually, what happens is they get too overwhelmed because the average, I don't know, person you happen upon might not be ready for that level of intensity and it kind of shocks and scares them and they do withdraw or pull away and yes. vanish and so some of it yes might be their own stuff they these might be sensations they haven't felt or they don't know what what to do about um but yeah this guy this one guy she was just like what the hell dude and he was you know why why are you completely shutting me down after what we've shared and he said something really quite vulnerable like um, because that's what you do to, I don't know, it's almost like look cool or that's what you do so you don't think, you know, like the other, that you're not shown to care too much. He was very much held in those almost schoolyard insecurities of so worried about what she was actually thinking about him. He was trying to play the cool aloof role right. in shutting her down. I put on Facebook um, a couple of weeks ago a thing about cool girls. Did you see that? No, what was that one? It was, oh, it was a Mum and Mia blog. Yeah. It was fantastic. And it was this, I'm going to try and find it and put it on our Love Life page because 
this chick was writing about the things that women do for men and how, and it wasn't an anti-men thing or anything. It was just about no things that women do to be the cool girl. Oh, I see. Was very good. It was very good. It was pretending that you don't care when he hasn't phoned for three days, pretending that you don't care that he's, you know, pretending that you do love every sport that he loves and pretending that it's fabulous to sit around while his mates will belch and fart and eat hot dogs and whatever, pretending that it is okay that you have to go and painfully wax every part of your body because he likes it hairless. And so her whole thing was, no, I've got a hairy vagina, deal with it. And this is and I loved it. It was a great thing. It's reclaiming what we do to be the cool. It was just when you said the cool guy. We've got this stuff going on about being cool girl, cool guy, and it's like, no, authenticity. Yeah. Or you know what? fit in or be included or loved or wanted or not be lonely and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. We're so complex. We are. I mean, I had a client yesterday who was saying that he'd rather be in a relationship that's, you know, I don't know, 40 to 60% okay than, than to have zero. Right. Which really goes back into last week's episode about fear of lack of poverty consciousness and lack of abundance and all that kind of thing. It's but also the validation of please yes. love me and anyone will do. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We settle because sometimes our need to feel included and wanted is just so much greater. Sometimes yeah. it's just a very human need. It's the whole peer group thing just to belong, mm. right? And that can override a lonely night at home versus a kind of sort of shitty night but with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> But we all settle at different areas within our life at different times. Right. And, I and it's also where have, you, where have you got the resilience, where have you got the strength, where have you got your purpose being focused on at the moment and other areas you might just let slide a bit while you focus on different areas. You know, this is humanity. This is we aren't able to have every area of our life all ticking along beautifully. Well, maybe I will by the time I finish reading this book again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Upper limit stuff. Because yeah. he's actually saying that uh, we can have it all. Yeah. We just believe we can't. But I was really talking mm. to this guy about, you know, back to the throat chakra stuff. Like Jane and I often say, oh, women are people pleasers and women in particular have this problem that we don't speak up for what we want. But, look, this guy had the same problem. He was like he lets himself be bullied and pushed around and railroaded in relationships because he'd rather settle for that than nothing. And so he really has to work on speaking up and not negating himself. And this goes back to today's whole topic, which is about the truth and about being able to communicate as adults calmly, unemotionally about the stuff which you can go off later and be as emotional about it as you want. You can pull your hair out, scream, call your therapist, cry, do whatever you want to do. But at the time, it is important that you behave maturely when it comes down to the exchange of information. And and, and the adult attitude in, in even wanting to go and, and ask for that or pursue for that. It's a very mature You'll thing actually to do. Find people will incredibly respect, respect you, you for the ability to do it and that's why you actually get the results. Yes. That because of that respect, they're actually going to think about it and give you a very well thought out answer. And, and they're not going to be cruel. They're not going to be cruel and say, you know, no. I don't know, I can't think of a cruel example offhand, but they're not going to be. They're going to likely be quite respectful, quite beautiful, quite Quite in awe of your ability to be able to cop it on the chin, yeah, quite you know, to take it and go, wow. And as I said earlier, they may just surprise you and turn around and say, well, you know, have you got some feedback for me? Yeah. You know, feedback is valuable. It's, but we also have to learn how do we accept it. Yeah. Like I actually think this exit interview in, in corporate Australia or a corporate Western world would change 
the way that business is done so they much. Take it on. <laughs> but yes, mm. it, I think that just opening up the dialogue—it's a valuable opportunity. Yeah. You know, you businesses get too big that you can't know everything that's going on. Yeah. And this is your way to know what's going on in a certain area. Right, right, right. That you would not have privileged information to. Yeah. Because the person that's running that area is probably passive aggressive anal retentive and is not sharing anything with you and holding the power of her yes. role or his role and yes. you you then have somebody under that person who exits and you get that information it's incredible yeah so it's two-sided it's not just about you know being able to ask for it it's also though about being able to receive it mm. which is there's two sides to it the most important rule is to understand that it really is an exit interview there is no recall you don't go back again. You respect them. The most that I would do if somebody gave me their time, like this beautiful um, professor where he followed up with me six months later um, just to see how I was going, which was really lovely, um, is that you could flick somebody a text, you know, a little while later and just say, look, I just really want to thank you for yeah. giving me that valuable information. thought you might like to know that it's been very helpful and, you know, life's looking good. Yeah. Which That's it. it. Which affirms for them. Funnily enough, you might even find they reconnect with you because it's all happening now. You know, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Who knows? You know, like yeah. at any point, if I actually wanted my old job back, I could have let him know and said, actually, You've got a different manager in there. I'd love to come back. And he would have made a way for me to come back. Right. You know, you actually are creating where you think you've shut a door. The exit interview actually reopens it in a different way. Yeah, this is fascinating and empowering it's information. It's very empowering. Know. It's yeah. very empowering. I wish I'd, I probably should have, I knew I had suggested doing this topic with you. I probably could have spent a little bit more time on thinking of different ways that the exit interview can be used in life. Mm. Um, but I'm sure everyone listening will be able to think of a way that they can apply it to their current circumstance. Um, it's just another method of self-development and self-improvement work, really. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's, it's another way to, yes. to tackle the shadow side when you don't genuinely know what this stuff is. Well, ask. That's ask it. people and, and the, see it. The time to do this is when you are playing the what-if game. When Everything that is happening in your mind when you can't sleep at night, when you're waking at two in the morning going, but what if it was this or I wonder if it was that or if, 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 What if, am if, I doing if, wrong right know? now? Why can't I get ahead in this area? Yeah. I mean, it could even just be going to your mentor or a trusted friend or somebody quite objective and saying, you've known me for a long time. You've seen me hitting brick walls with the way I've been doing my business or the way I've been dating or whatever it is. What, what, what do you perceive there? And just see if, if they can give you the feedback. Exactly. Yeah. What do you perceive? Now, that's another thing that's important. If we're going to ask we're going to receive recognize it is just their perception all right so if one person says to me well actually jane i found you really hard to work for because you were a control freak okay that's one person now i'll explore that and go hmm, does that resonate with me either yes if it does then take it on board and go there's the gift great do some work with it or mm, no it doesn't now I've got five that have all said I'm a control freak. I've been in denial. I need to now deal with it. Right. If you've got backup opinions that you're a control freak, yes. you might want to look at yes, it. Yes, you want to look at it. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. But if I've got one person that says you're a control freak and then over a period of time I've had four other people do exit interviews um, and they've all said something completely different, then just let it go. Yeah. You know, we, it is only one person's perception. Yeah. And they might have come from a hippie commune where the fact that I might have the most minute controlling uh, requirement is perceived as 
massive yeah. in their world. So you've got to recognize that they are creating their own reality based on their past. Yeah. And that past hasn't been a part of your past. Yeah. So you kind of have to really consciously be aware of of not taking on unqualified information. Right. So you're taking some information to grab a piece of the puzzle, which you're either going to go, bingo, that's the missing piece, bingo, do your work, get it, or you're going to go, well, I haven't got any other jigsaw puzzles that match that one. However, I'll let it sit there because I might end up with some others later down the line, but in the meantime, I'm not going to worry about that particular puzzle piece too much. When something ends in my life, I choose to gain the wisdom. Thank you again for joining us every Wednesday on thewellnesscouch.com for the free half-hour show that we run. You'll find us on iTunes under Wellness and Sexuality if you put in those search words and search for us. And, of course, we're on Facebook. Yes, which is facebook.com forward slash show. You can scroll down Facebook on the left-hand side is our newsletter sign-up so you can join our subscriber list. We will never, ever spam you. We're just collecting you up to send you goodies in very near future, like James highly sensitive person, yes, of course. Yes, fantastic. So if you're interested in that, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, or you can go to my website, which is janedonovan.com.au. So Jane can help you with any form of life coaching, love advice, love coaching, of course, psychic readings with me at rebeccadetman.com. And until this time next week, have fun extracting powerful truths. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happy.